0: Uh, it's good to be back in the pod and dome I feel, I feel good podcast I, I did it I podcasted already for two hours today Before this So I'm, my engines are revved up I know you're on a roll Well I mean this is a good place to announce this As any I'm replacing Liz on the podcast Oh god damn it uh, Let me finish With a Liz I've created <laughs> So I, mean? I have, well, for the past few months, I've been doing Liz tryouts um, at auditoriums across America.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I have been finding somebody with the exact same vocal pattern, the exact same kind of look, the exact same sort of spirit, you know, like your, your internal spirit as you, um, and training them physically to be 400, 500 pounds, uh, basically this- immobile.
1: America's Next Top Liz. Mm-hmm.
0: But I don't want this Liz to ever be able to get away from me. So I have, <laughs> I have given this Liz so much to eat that she's just in my living room forever now. And so whenever I'm like, damn, I have a good idea. We should do like a seven-hour podcast on my dream I had last night. She won't ever be able to be like, Brace, please, you can just text me. First of all, you don't have to call. But also, no. <laughs> She'll say yes because I also um, I pay her a lot of money. I've taken. Well, I thought I money. was
1: irreplaceable,
0: Braise. Well, you are irreplaceable. That's why I got another Liz. That's the <laughs> genius of the plan. <laughs>
1: La, 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 la. <laughs> what is
0: that? That's my new like. When I see you now, when your when your uh, image gazes upon me from the internet, when I boot you up, I'm gonna go. My <laughs> brain's gonna go. La 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 la. <laughs> I like.
1: All that. right. It is. It's nice. It's okay. No one else do it.
0: Just no. Grace. Yeah. No one else do it. I will actually <laughs> sue you if you do yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I won't like it. Um. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Uh, welcome to Truanon. I'm... (laughs) (laughs) La-la-la-liz. My name is Brace,
0: and we are joined by (laughs) Young Chomsky. I always try to do the here there, but it doesn't, I do it too light. We are joined by Young Chomsky.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we have, um, I guess this is a bit of a a different episode. Uh Uh-huh. Because we don't usually uh, care or talk about what you, I guess you would call U.S. institutions.
0: <laughs> no. They can all uh, <laughs> fucking suck me. Fuck them.
1: Yeah. Um, but we had an opportunity that we couldn't pass up, which is to have the boys from the A-Lab podcast on. Mm-hmm. And got to say, big fan. Big, big fan. Big fan of the podcast. Big fan of their Twitter. It's great Twitter. Great Twitter content out there. Um so we have, we're having them on to talk about all things Supreme Court, or as Brace will explain, criminal Supreme Court. Uh, should, and I
0: think it's a fun one. Yeah, we should mention, because I don't know if we did. They're lawyers. Like, we didn't just have them on because...
1: Oh, yeah, they know, they know a bunch of shit about the law. They know a bunch of this stuff. We didn't have them on just because we like them. Although, we didn't not have them on because we like them. Mm-hmm. Or... But uh, I don't know if that works.
0: And they're doing like, not only are they, I guess, in the podcast, but they're the people representing me uh, in my soon-to-be-filed suit against uh, uh, nobody. What? Nobody. (laughs) No. Roll the interview. Roll the interview. Wait, I got a good one. Courts in session. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like that. You guys should start your fucking podcast with that every time. That's a free one.
2: Can we have that one?
0: You can have that. Here, let me try it again. Courts in session. And hey, wait, wait. No, no. I got a better one. I know you guys said I couldn't play with the gun anymore, but which famous court case in Marin am I? Do you guys, the George Jackson trial? Shot the judge. No, that uh, one? No, that
1: oh, okay. <laughs> what about. What about Justice is about to be served. That one could
3: work, too. I was, in a fe- I was in a federal court oral argument today, and it sounds exactly like that. Like, they literally, they bang the gavel, but it has no authority sound to it, because everybody's just on the fucking phone, so it just... That's it. That's all, <laughs> that that's all it sounds that's like. That's
0: such a fucking rip. And what's the nicest gavel you've ever seen?
3: Uh, they all look the same to me. They just have, like, a little kind of coppery sort of fake really band around the middle. No.
0: Yeah, they'll ever let you hold one?
3: No. I, never, I don't think I've ever seen a real gavel in court. Nobody has to be banged down, generally. Everyone's terrified of the judges.
0: Oh, I can name a few people who should be banged down. Girl <laughs> <laughs> listening to this. Um, so, we have with us today, off to an auspicious beginning, we have with us today uh, two of the uh, best and only lawyers I know. Tarek and Andy from the A Lab podcast and uh, also from the internet. Fellas, how you doing? Doing pretty good.
2: Uh, I'm mostly from the internet, just to, just to be cl- clear. I, we, we only sometimes podcast, so uh, mostly we just tweet.
0: I got to say, I'll be, I'll be real with you. If I had your voice, I would probably podcast a lot.
2: <laughs> you know, you can podcast a, a lot already,
0: voice. please. I know, but I, would, I would podcast more. Like Liz has a good voice, but mine's just like a.
2: Hey, thanks. Eh, no problem. No, I, I, I'm a I'm a massive fan uh, of the well, not of your actual podcast, but of the podcasting genre. No, I'm, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm a I'm a massive. You're a fan. true and on uh, listener. I'm a I'm a big true and on listener, and I, I've I've said this. I've gone on record very clearly on this. Uh, Liz's vocal fry is what holds this whole operation together, Bryce. Uh, you're 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 replaceable, but Liz is not. There is no argument for me on
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Simmer down, fellas. Okay. We're so excited to have you guys on to basically, so I don't think that this should come as a shock to um, loyal true non-listeners, but Brace and I, not big fans of the court system. uh, Certainly not big fans of the Supreme Court. The
0: uh, point of uh, privilege here, I, in my personal (laughs) political correspondences, I solely refer to the Supreme Court as the criminal Supreme Court, and we'll be doing that for the entirety of this episode
2: well they're not, uh, they're not operating under the, the the appropriate flag with the gold fringe right so uh, I, I, I recommend you not uh, recognize them good for you Liz I sorry to interrupt baby
1: no no it's no it's fine um but so basically um there have been a couple cases recently the Supreme Court cited that um kind of wanted to have you you guys on to sort of uh you know break uh behind the veil, I guess, of what goes on with the Supreme Court, because I think there's a kind of uh popular understanding that there's just these sort of these these big decision cases just um kind of come out of nowhere and th- and they have you know um that that's not really the case is it they're they're pretty much they're they're fairly predetermined right
2: but- yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're, I don't know if I'd say they're predetermined in the sense of the outcome, which mm. is why we keep seeing them over and over again. But there's definitely, you know, entrenched political and elite political interests in keeping these cases coming, right? Um, they don't come up in the way that you think of a normal Uh, case where somebody has a legitimate dispute and and the court is there to to call the balls and strikes and figure out how to go uh, in this specific dispute between these parties. I mean, these cases are ginned up year after year, state after state, uh, in a way to keep this abortion issue alive and in front of uh, the American people. It's something we can fight about. Right. Yeah,
1: so just um, to be clear, we're talking right now about June Medical Services, which was a case that was um, just decided before the Supreme Court. And it's basically a, a cookie cutter, cookie cutter, carbon copy, cookie cutter, carbon copy, <laughs> It's a cut and
2: paste. Yeah, there you're we go. Absolutely right.
1: Of a previous case, right? Women's, uh, Whole Women's Health, I think is the case.
2: Yeah, um, yeah the, the Texas case.
1: And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know. Basically, these cases are, I mean, I think you said ginned up, but in what are kind of called legislation mills. Is that right? Right. Oh. So
3: like what what you were talking about where the it, it, carbon copy or cookie cutter copy paste, that's exactly the right kind of terminology. Because the law at issue in those cases is copy paste, is literal copy paste. You find, you know, one of these think tanks that's got, you know, a wash in Mercer money or something that has some wash out, uh, you know, big law uh you know, elite conservative lawyer who just generates this legislative text and then shops it out to all of these, uh, to, to people all over the country that like, pass this law, just pass this, this is the next one we're working on, everybody pass this law, and then that law will get challenged. But when you see these challenges come up, and as happened in this June Medical Services case... There was a Texas case previous to it that was basically the exact same text, the exact same law, because they came from the same place. And so we're just doing a repeat of the exact same cases the court's already decided. So why does this
1: keep happening? Like, why or, you know, why do they, keep, they just keep trying it over and over again? Is that the idea? Do they really expect a different outcome?
2: Well, the, the I mean, I think. You know, if you you could take a couple different reads, right? Like, um, if you want to take the most basic read, uh, there are people that really care about this stuff uh, who want to change the law. They want to overturn Roe and outlaw abortion in a more meaningful way. And so they keep trying to push the envelope, and maybe we got a different judge, uh, justice on the Supreme Court now. Maybe, maybe they'll hear it. Um, and so... Uh, their job is to go around to these uh, state legislatures, and this may shock you. Uh, state legislator, l- state legislators are not the most uh, careful uh, or intelligent people. Say, hey, pass this. Uh, somebody will sue and challenge it, and we'll get in front of the Supreme Court, and maybe we can chip away at Roe uh, in a different way. Maybe we'll take yeah. That a, aspect a is like the. That aspect is
3: like to put the sh- get shots on goal. Just fire as many as possible, and maybe one gets through. They, they, that that that's that aspect of it.
2: Yeah. So I mean, I think if you wanted to, if you wanted to to, to give pe- these people the the benefit of the doubt, right? This is something they care passionately about. Uh, they're using uh, the political process, such as it is, to keep teeing up these laws in the hopes that they'll get a different result. At some point, if we just change this judge or that judge, or if uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, finally uh, falls down the stairs or something, maybe we can change it. Um, But I mean, I think the more cynical view is you know, I don't think they really give a shit, right? I think the fight is the point, right? Like, um, I don't think that any of these guys really. Uh, fundamentally care about abortion, qua abortion. I think most of them care about it. as the fact that it's just one th- one more thing uh, to keep us fighting about uh, in the culture wars. And you know, either way, it's helpful to continue to have our rights, you know, our reproductive rights, reproductive justice on the ballot in this way. You know, you've got to vote for for Joe Biden, or 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 else your reproductive rights will be taken away. And I think it's a helpful dialogue. Uh, for them to keep us having uh, over and over again. Well, yeah, that's what's so psycho to
0: me is because, in a way, every single presidential election is about the Supreme Court, right? Exactly. all Precisely. these motherfuckers, sooner or later, someone, probably me, is going to make a Karen video of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's going <laughs> to fucking
2: quote for something.
1: You
0: know? You're gonna, gonna she's going to get canceled. People are going to figure out where she works and fire her. Um... <laughs> And and you know like sooner or later there's gonna be you know it's the <laughs> presidential terms are four years um, you know any all these people are fucking 500 years old and in the case of all the men 900 pounds and a rapist in the case of all the women frail like oh, 450 years old lich queens um, and so like that's what's so psycho to me is because like the criminal supreme court decides so much has so much power. And and it's always at stake, right? Like there's never yeah. in my lifetime, every single presidential election, they've always said, well, you know, okay, you might not like uh, you know, Barack Hussein Obama, but uh but, <laughs> <laughs> but just full name, you know, legally. Um yeah. but but I'm gonna uh, give you a pass on that one, Say Barry Satoro, but yeah. um but like if you don't vote for him, you're fucking you're 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 letting the Republicans have the Supreme Court. It drives me crazy, Women's right?
3: bodies are on the ballot. And yeah. if you don't vote for them, then you have just taken a vote against women's freedom. Even I though
0: mean, you're voting for a guy who sniffed every strand of hair on a woman's head precisely. from here to fucking Missouri.
2: <laughs> but, he, but he and really the the Yale pervert that he's going to pick to replace the next one that dies— uh, are all that stands between us and Armageddon. And a well-meaning liberal, uh, you know, I'm a liberal, I'm just not a well-meaning one, uh, will tell you every, every four years, you know, this is too important uh, to, let, to let your petty differences about any other issues that you might care about uh, get in the way of uh, electing uh, this particular shitbag we've agreed upon.
3: And it's not, and it's not just the liberal side. Like, like you were saying, I, the fight is is a big part of the point. Uh, m- my wife's uh, mother is a kindly old Republican person who just like watches Fox News all the time. But if Cancel you ask her, her about, yeah. if you ask her about like why she why she voted for Trump, even though she finds him really detestable, it's because she, it's easy. She just says the Supreme Court, Supreme Court's on the ballot. Simple. So you can rally these other, you can rally people that are not otherwise your allies. Uh, because they you know you can dangle the stakes in front of them what what are you gonna do you're gonna you're gonna allow you do you wanna personally kill babies because that's what you're doing? Shoot them right in the fucking head the,
0: I mean that's you you guys sort of touched on that earlier is that like this culture war stuff with that I mean just in general is extremely profitable right like there's a whole industry on on both the sort of liberal and conservative sides about you know the ginning up these controversies which are based in real world controversies or whatever but ginning up these specific cases and then there's a whole industry of lobbyists and nonprofits and different groups basically um, for dedicated to supporting whichever side and it's crazy because it's like it seems like it's totally manufactured
3: if you wanted to dilute and shunt uh active political energy into a place where it could not harm you supposing you were in a position of power uh this is an incredible Mm. this is an incredible device to have at your disposal because you get to totalize political opposition into a fight that people just keep having over and over they just watch the same season of television every fucking four
2: years yeah yeah well and the thing is if you accept that we live in a representative democracy and that there are processes for us to reach, you know, across the aisle and, and you know, come to, come to sound, sensible policy decisions, I mean, you know, I, any polling is going to tell you that most people, you know, think mm-hmm. some measure of abortion at a minimum should be, I mean, it's upwards of 70% mm-hmm. uh, don't think this is a controversial issue, you know, I mean, nobody's even getting abortions anymore. I mean, fuck, nobody's fucking anymore. Right? I mean, Mm -hmm. like, there's uh, this is a handy way to channel uh, us into, you know, sort of red versus blue, you know, uh, uh, Super Bowl kind of politics uh, around an issue that. Uh, I guarantee you, all these guys who are writing these laws for you know Americans United for Life or you know all these all these state legislators in in North Dakota, you know the minute you know their daughter gets pregnant you know they 're flying out to California for a daddy daughter weekend to you know to get an abortion and a facial right i mean they don 't they don 't really care about this shit
1: yeah. You mentioned, um, like, you know, kind of basically like the ecosystem behind all of this stuff. And I think that's like a really important component because it's true that, yeah, this has like, uh, you know, it's the convenience factor here, you know, like you said, um, channeling all this energy into basically a useless, like culture warrior, warrior dance, basically, um, but there is, like, an industry that's, like, profiting off of this stuff. You know, there is the the kind of, you know, all of the think tanks, all of the, like, activist NGOs that are attached to it, all of the, uh, the even the fucking media circus that surrounds all of it, all has, like, a role in, in like, fueling this stuff as well. And, I mean, like, some of these, like, you know, the the legislation mills that produce a lot of this stuff, you know, it's not just, you know... I mean, in the abortion case, absolutely, there's the conservative religious element. Absolutely. But, like, big corporations are big sponsors and have, like, I mean, their hands deep in these legislation mills. Isn't that right?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the, frankly, AUL and these others are are somewhat shadowy, and it's hard to know mm-hmm. where their funding comes from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know I don't know whether or not it's 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 business interests or anything else I, I but absolutely um the the way to get your trumps or other people into office to pursue the real agenda you know tax cuts uh corporate tax rates, et cetera, is to rile up you know a bunch of us rubes on every side of the issue uh to get to the ballot box to vote in the same uh generic uh republican or or, or 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 democrat uh that all basically agree on all the other shit right? yeah um, that's like what we
0: do like in elections here in the city because you can put ballot uh, measures on the ballot here like you have citizens initiatives mm-hmm. and a thing that like all politicians not all but but basically like, the progressive side and the moderate side because it's all democrats essentially um what they do is that they they come up with something like like when we uh, ran a guy, uh, no eviction without representation, which was like gave everybody and not to you know say a good thing about lawyers or nothing, but they gave everybody who faces a, a an eviction a uh, free lawyer, free legal. Oh, thank God!
2: That I know, sucks. just
0: what yeah. they need.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend um, who's tenant lawyer in SF, and she's doing great now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's but uh, but 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 they do that for you know. Basically, the reason not just to do it, I mean, it's not like there's an election every day, but it also gets people out and it gets people motivated to go to go vote. And that's kind of seems like what this is, too. Like, oh, if there's this big if you're like some, you know, 97 year old woman who's literally never, ever had like cowgirl or any of the other positions instead of sex. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, And you're like, well, fuck, I still hate abortion. (laughs) Like you will go out exactly like like you were saying, Andy. Even if you don't like really like the presidential candidate or whatever, that's not the issue on the ballot. The issue on the ballot is the Supreme Court, who's going to decide such and such.
3: Yeah, the essential point here is to is to focus people's political energy on an issue that is far removed from their actual circumstances, has anything to do with changing anything, and just focus their rage and anything that they might do to change or notice the circumstances around them, and, and to to you know agitate for some different you know some different way of organizing the world and just funnel it all shunt it all into some bullshit
0: well one question i have because first of all i mean i don't it's like how do i explain this like i don't know how cats work because i don't like cats i don't know how the supreme court works because i don't like this criminal supreme court how does this work Like, how does the Supreme Court function, right? Like, they hear cases that are like, what, just shunted up from higher courts or from lower courts, I mean?
3: Yeah, so the the federal court system has uh, essentially three levels. You have a trial court, which is your federal district court. You have your appellate courts, which hear uh, appeals from the trial courts, the district courts. And then you have the Supreme Court, which resolves appeals from the appellate court. And so the appellate courts will sit over a certain region. I think there are, are there 11 circuits now, 12 circuits. Uh, and they, so they handle a certain region of the country. And then the Supreme Court will uh, deal with appeals on big issues, or perhaps sometimes there are conflicts between the circuits in resolving a similar issue. And so the Supreme Court will decide, okay, well, this is, this is the law. This is the way we're going on that dispute. Um, that's, that's how it functions in an organizational fashion.
2: And of course, the way it really functions is staffed by a bunch of freaks and perverts, right? Uh, you know, yeah, like, that's uh, a real. Bit. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the way that the law itself is is generally structured is is the Supreme Court, you know, appellate courts, all these things. That's the real important stuff, you know. You and your eviction uh, with your with your lawyer under the under the uh, uh, city ordinance that you just got—that uh, doesn't matter at all. You know wh- where the real action is uh, are these you know fake cases uh, that the legislation mills uh, are pl- are pushing to the fore, right?
1: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, like one of those like uh, you know one of the most famous ones over the last couple of years was uh, Janice. which
0: right. uh, Young Chomsky hit me with the sound.
1: Yeah, I mean seriously. So I mean, in this case maybe you guys can get into this, but I mean, you know, this case if you want to talk about like astroturf ca- Supreme Court cases, I mean, this is it, like one of the most obvious examples.
2: Yeah. Right. I mean, like that's I mean, this is a pure example of a decade, you know, the sort of culmination of a decades long uh effort to to take a to take what was You know, at one point, a a marginally, you know, viable and even vibrant labor movement and, you know, strangle it down to to nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. So by the time Janus comes along, I mean, nobody's nobody's in a union except for your occasional government worker down at the DMV. Right. Uh, And the idea uh, that the government guys. Uh, might actually be in a union was so offensive and known to be offensive to uh, the Chamber of Commerce and famously Justice Alito on the Supreme Court, et cetera, uh, just galled these guys. So they went after longstanding precedent. But, um, you know, Mark Janus uh, never sued anybody. Uh, he was just sort of plucked out of obscurity to be the face uh, of this case. Right. Um, and the case... Uh, basically, was invited by uh, Alito in another decision, saying, "I think we should overturn the case that protects uh, uh, public sector unions." Uh, and lo and behold, uh, a think tank shows up uh, and and hires uh, and brings Janice uh, to the fore, and um, they win because this was this was always going to be the case. Uh, Thereafter, uh, just to note, Mark Janice, after you know, he loved his job so much, and the union was getting in the way, and, and and the dues that he had to pay to support the union's political speech were really offensive to him. And then immediately after winning the case, went to work for the think tank that sponsored the whole thing. Incredible. Uh, quit his job, <laughs> retired, uh, and went to work uh, for the King. think tank that, that that hired him. Yeah.
0: Janis, the scammer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So he is now he 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 quit his beloved job uh, uh, as a as a case worker uh, in the Illinois uh, somewhere and is now uh uh, a member of the uh, Illinois uh, uh, think tank.
3: Yeah. I I know that like the modern world is is replete with examples of things that are sort of too on the nose, but the fact that this guy has the name of the two-faced god is I know, <laughs> I know. Too much for me. <laughs> it's like so the simulation
1: cool. it gets too it's yeah, it's too on the nose or something. I think like that's kind of what we're trying to get at here is that like in addition it's like you, you know, you've got these kind of like the the culture war fire with the Supreme court and you've got these cases that are basically like you mentioned, you know, Alito inviting this case, this sort of like political, I don't want to say it's predetermined or like as if, um, how the court was going to rule was already decided in some kind of conspiracy way. I'm not suggesting that, but that these are both, um, Basically, like, uh, theatrical instruments that, that yes. kind of give popular cover for what is really, like, you know, uh, cold-blooded politics and politicking that's happening behind the scenes. And it gives this veneer of legitimacy in these, like, kind of, you know, storied institutions. But, like, that's not what's happening at all,
2: right? No. No. No, you're uh,
3: exactly right. The way you described it is exactly right.
2: I mean, again, I mean, you know, nobody's having abortions. Nobody's getting abortions. Right? Nobody's having sex. Uh, you know, nobody's in a union. Uh, the, the fact, I mean, <laughs> like, the, like the fact that there are big money efforts put into you know attacking the one place where union membership is in the double digits. You know, just eking over the double digits, uh, the public sector uh in order to strangle them uh in in fact you know this is one of the Janus in the in the union effort is one of those cases where you sort of have to give Trump credit uh hate to say it right i mean at least he was honest you know, like if we can just you know stick another knife uh in organized labor that will really drain the democrats coffers yeah. Uh, and, and he comes out and just just says that uh, where all these guys you know have to pretend like, oh poor Mark Janice uh, being forced to spend uh, a portion of his union dues to support political activity by his union uh, and what a terrible thing this is uh, you know made this point not uh, not on, on lab but uh, on, on my prior law podcast you know like my, my tax dollars go to all kinds of things I find offensive and nobody's suing on behalf of me right uh, Mark Janice. Paying union dues and the union using some of that money for, for advocacy work uh, is, not, is, is not an injustice that required writing. It was just another way uh, to launch a political attack on things that, that, that conservatives in this case find uh, uh, repellent uh, and inconvenient that organized labor might have, a, might have a voice or any kind of economic power
0: yeah i uh i I was actually yesterday when I was when I was going over the notes i was I watched a Federalist society little Vox <laughs> oh, explainer three minute yes. video on it and the little worm scumbag from i can't remember what actual organization he was with, but if he was in a Federalist society video, you know good chance he is a pervert of the highest degree percent um, <laughs> he was he didn't even mention the the political a technical or like the literal political speech or whatever, like, you know, that asked me giving money to the democratic party, to politicians, whatever. Um, He, they framed it as just like straight up any collective bargaining done by a public sector union. It union is political speech because the idea of public sector unions having the ability to bargain with the government is political uh, because it's lobbying. Which is just, it's incredible because, I mean, listen, unions lobby a lot, like even private sector unions lobby a lot. And so that is, it's terrible. Yeah, exactly. You have to because the government makes laws that affect unions, whether that union is private sector or public sector to begin with. And that is just uh, not a a great precedent. (laughs)
2: Well, and and unions have to have to participate in this precisely for the same reason we all have to vote for Joe Biden, uh, because, again, you know, your life is on the line. You know, in in the case of organized labor with the Janus case upcoming, you know, literally uh, the last kind of redoubt, the last kind of bastion uh, where where union membership was even meaningful uh, was under direct assault. And this is the way that we make policy now. Yeah, Uh, we. We create these fake lawsuits with, with some idiot Janus who doesn't, you know, barely knows who is – I doubt he's even spoken to his union rep, uh, you know, uh, uh, is brought to the court. And we tell a whole sob story about how he's being put upon and oppressed uh, by his union dues. Uh, and there you are. Uh, that's how policy is getting made these days.
3: And Liz, you, you, said, you said earlier you described it as theatrical, and I think it's exactly the right word for it because – all of this background is not lost on the court. Whatever else these people are, they're not stupid. They know this is going on, but the decision gives no hint of it. The decision does not talk about any of this stuff. If you were, if you were to take an actual, honest look at it, that would be probably one of the first things you would talk about is this whole, this whole trumped-up astroturf aspect of it. But they don't talk about it at all. They just talk about what Tarek said. It's, you know, his political speech and his right, his right to to. Uh, speak with his own voice and not be compelled under the union. Uh, And it's a total theater in order to reach the result that they want to get that they're working backward
2: from.
1: That's like what's so maddening because it's like you want to shake these people. I know you couldn't do it to like, you know, Ginsburg because she'd probably, you know,
2: like. (laughs) She'd snap in two.
0: No, you got to treat her tenderly.
1: Yeah, you start hearing the death rattle. But like, you know, it's like you want to shake them and be like, it's it's like almost crazy making. It's like, oh my God, just stop, like break the fave. Like how, how is no one seeing this is all just pure theater? I mean, it, it, it really does drive me crazy.
2: Well, I'm not going to say that there is a specific designed conspiracy out there to use this stuff to make you crazy. (laughs) But I will say that if they were, if that's what they wanted to do, uh, they couldn't do much of a better job of it than they're doing right now, right? I mean, like it 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 is designed on some level, I think, uh, to show uh, how 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 meaningless. Uh, and powerless uh you know most of us are, uh and we just have to kind of sit here as spectators for the big game, you know, will Mark Janice pull this one out or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, will, will the plucky ask ask me you know have a uh you know a Cinderella run you know through the through the <laughs> the whims uh of these supreme court perverts you know it's it's a little fucking disgusting if we want to be frank
1: well, you mentioned something you just uh just now you mentioned something that this is how we make policy now and like that's really true and and i mean i again i'm not like a i don't know legal historian or i don't really know that much about the law but it does feel like the courts are like very powerful at the moment at least in terms of like you know t- kind of like taking a long view here and that like some of that has to do with the fact that congress is incredibly weak and like doesn't really legislate at all um, and pretty, it's like, we kind of have like a skeleton of legislation and then it decides, basically we decide what gets hacked at through the courts and that's it. And it's like a very bizarre way to to run things.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't think you would design policy making like this if you were, you know, starting from a blank slate. Right now, I think it's. Fair to say that, I mean, you know, the, the same Supreme Court, the you know, criminal Supreme Court, sorry, that, that produced the Dred Scott decision. I mean, it's always been a political Oh, absolutely. Entity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, you take the Bostock cases, for example, the, the ones on the LGBTQ issues that just came out, yeah. uh, which are to me are a very good example of uh, what you're saying. Um, in that case, unlike the abortion case, where there are some you know questions about what the federal government can really do in the in the health policy arena uh, under the Commerce Clause, in that case, they're interpreting Title VII, which is you know sort of your key employment rights uh, statute uh, that is on the books designed uh, by Congress uh, to protect uh, your rights allegedly uh, <laughs> uh, in the employment sphere. Um, and the fact that people have to sue and go through the courts in hope that maybe John Roberts or some other guy has a <laughs> pang of conscience or something else to interpret this case to to say that hey your employer can't fire you and tell you it's because you're gay you know they actually have to lie to you um, before they do that right? <laughs> yeah I was about yeah to yeah, say, yeah <laughs> they just have to say it's because you were a few minutes
0: late one day <laughs>
2: yeah. um, you know uh, the fact that we the, the fact that you know, the cowards in Congress, the clowns in Congress, you know, can't like get it together uh, to actually amend Title Seven to just say that outright. And we have to sort of go through this whole theater and spectacle uh, to get to what is, again, a fairly non-controversial result, uh, is, it's weird, right? Uh, now, smart guys will say, okay, you know, you can't amend Title Seven in this political environment. It's too charged. You know, Congress will never agree. Trump will never sign it. Et but that's
1: feature, not bug. Like that's the right. whole point. It's like the exactly. fact that you can't do it through the fact that it would be too divisive or whatever is exactly what fuels this entire thing that we're getting out with the courts, right? And and can, and like reifies their power in the popular exactly. imaginary.
3: This kind of gridlock is a perfect backdrop for people, for what we see now from this administration, which is just, like, rich guys coming in and, like, taking the fixtures off the wall and ripping the paintings off before mm. the whole thing fuck comes down.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's, like, ransacking. Right.
0: Yeah, so, like, what, what I think is notable is that, like, right around the time that, like, the government basically stopped being able to do anything was right when you saw, like, the deification of, of Milady. Rbg. No, no question.
2: <laughs> and like, I, I think
0: that probably has a lot to do with. I think those two two things are connected because, you know, you look and you see. I mean, I, I agree. I think the fucking clown car that is, uh, that is Congress should. I mean, they should be legislating just
2: from a bunch a of turkeys. Cell. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: exactly.
2: <laughs>
1: Except uh, possible true and non listener Elon Omar.
3: Elon Omar. Elon Omar. Elon Musk, Elon
1: and only for that reason.
2: Yeah, there yeah. you go. We'll exempt her.
1: Also, a couple
0: of other baddies, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, which is a bipartisan
1: thing. Um, Brace is a big, f- yeah, big fan of um, Matt Getz. That's who he's talking about.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, I honestly, I mean, boy, they better not. Pass a law against me having sex with that dude. Good morning, <laughs> <Because> <laughs> <laughs> honey. Then I'm going up to
3: Pelican
1: Bay.
0: In the Truman um, Show house, right?
3: Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's so fucking uh, weird. Yeah, um, that's another wait episode, what? Dude. That he grew up in the Truman Show house?
0: Wait, he grew up in the Truman
1: Show
2: He house? grew up in the Truman yeah, Show dude. house, dude.
1: Yes. What? Yeah,
2: that my son Nestor uh, video that he cut was uh, yeah. done in the Truman Show. House. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah,
1: like I, that makes me kind of I know, you know, I, I understand the irony in saying this, but like, that's the kind of shit that kind of makes me go QAnon. You know what I mean? <laughs> he lives in the <laughs> no, Truman Show wrong. house? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: but they film all the movies in Canada. Why would they even go to Florida?
2: Well, it was the 90s. Yeah, it's a simpler time.
0: <laughs> oh, fuck.
2: This is You, you don't want to go cameo down that. Rabbit and hole.
0: The, I don't want to uh, talk about the I mean, I do really we'll do it. Yeah, this, we'll talk uh, about this later. You, this you is can do it. You,
2: me can, up. you don't need us for that one. Um there's there, I, I, there's a whole there's a whole lot of shit going on there, though, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> but but so like, I mean, people can see, okay, government doesn't work. Uh right. but but what does work is the motherfucking Supreme Court. Mm. But then like Supreme Court's relationship to government is also totally fucking demented. Not that I think there should be more judges, but it's like it's incredible. Now obviously we've seen that every fucking judge fight is going to be like in- insane or just not happen cuz someone'll block it. Um which only sort of builds up how important it is to people and like it is important you know make no mistake about it but it's important in this way that I don't w- it's like it's like if if like your worst enemy was in charge of the person who gave you food or something like <laughs> it's it's uh, which i guess is the experience of being in jail
3: i think you said um, it right that like right around the time the gr- the full gridlock hit uh deification of rbg comes out and so you just find this like absolute select almost like celebritization of, of of supreme court justices where they're just like please please just blow one load on my face before you yeah. retire just oh my god i just <laughs> i just need it so bad and just like you have legal commentariat and like essentially you know with, within our profession uh, as lawyers like the the, the legal royalty just just debasing themselves with, like, turds encrusted around their goatee of just <laughs> obsessed with these people when, uh, when the ultimate things that they're considering are these sort of useless decisions that we've been talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, the you know, we should kind of go into this. Like, who are these people? Because they're all from... The idea that there's that much of a difference—I mean, I get it—but the idea there's that much of a difference between like fucking Brett Kavanaugh and RBG is like, you guys, like these are all—they all come from the same place.
2: (laughs) Well, they're all—they're absolutely all grown in the in the exact same vat. Yes, and increasingly so, right? You know, I mean, like again, every single lawyer is a fucking pervert. You know, mm-hmm. but these guys are like the top tier uh, of per- I'm not exempting us either you know i'm I'm a huge pervert, but like of these guys not. are like some whole other some whole other level right um like these are not even people that are doing their perversions for you know normal reasons like you know, lots of money in a in a pedophile island, right? I mean these mm-hmm. guys are like, you know, selling their souls and debasing themselves for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the right to decide these cases. That's right? it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well a year. You know, they, each year they get another two hundred and fifty thousand. But yeah, Jesus I mean like Jesus Christ, like you're, these you're, fucking
0: you're, guys t- t- too bad they made negotiating for higher pay with the government illegal because whew these guys are suckers. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, so like I mean I think there was maybe a time when like a, a a guy like Thurgood Marshall who went to Howard Law School and you know litigated down south and you know almost got killed uh, mm. you know talking to clients and stuff could get on the Supreme Court. But all these guys now every single one of them went to Harvard or Yale. Yeah. The only the only caveat there is that RBG transferred from Harvard Law after her second year and finished up at Columbia. She's the diversity hire uh, <laughs> on the Supreme Court right now. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, a, 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 and they surround themselves with people that went to Harvard or Yale, right? I mean, the, the, through the whole clerkship process. I don't know if, Andy, you want to expound on that a little bit. Yeah, a
3: big part of the narrowing at the top that happens in our profession um the credentialization and elitism that happens, uh, at the top of our profession is, is filtered. It uses the clerkship process as a filter and clerks are people. They are essentially just like recently graduated law students normally, uh, who come from generally high prestige schools and who work with, uh, district court judges who work with appellate court judges and who ultimately work with Supreme court judges. And, uh, it's an, It's a huge feather in your cap, and in some cases, it is a required element of applying for some of the more all of the most prestigious jobs within the profession. Uh, Without that, without a federal appellate court clerkship, uh, many of the most prestigious places will just uh, throw your resume in the trash. It's it's not even worth looking at. Mm. Um, Supreme court clerkship is an automatic door opener. You're you're on your way to academia. After that, you can do whatever you want um, with a supreme court clerkship, and That ultimate process, you know, you can follow who is being selected as Supreme Court clerks, you could above the law, some other places track it. And when you look at who's being selected, again, it's all, uh, you know, first, Yale, Harvard, Stanford is like the heaviest concentration of the people who end up with Supreme Court clerkships and appellate court clerkships. And then another big piece of it is like children of legal royalty. Anybody mm. who's extremely established themselves, guess what? Their kids are going to end up on the Supreme Court as a clerk. Every time. Mm. I can point out several to you just from looking at this year's list. It would take me, it would take me two seconds. Really? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Like, uh, like, okay. So, so Ricky Revez is a professor at NYU, and his and his kid Josh Revez, who I met once, is a very nice person. But you know, he's clerking on the Supreme Court. And when you talk to Josh, he's a really nice guy. Uh, but he doesn't like talking about, uh, you know, how his father is Ricky Revez and his mother is Vicky Bean, and these are both, um, you know, I won't—it's beyond the scope of this episode to talk about their backgrounds or whatever. But these are both Vicky sort of like like legal Bean. royalty, <laughs> right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, go on, go on. I don't even mean to interrupt. That was uh... my point.
3: My point is, my point is just that. My point is just that these people uh, who are children of legal royalty, like their uh-huh. path is set.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that, like, as you say, you know, it's like the clerkships and 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 all of this. Uh, it, it, it's like increasingly whittling, right? I mean, it's like I feel like every couple years it's like the the tier of people they're picking from is smaller and smaller and smaller like this is like a very elite group yeah
2: well and and from yeah. a very uh, from, a, from a very narrow set of backgrounds so i mean you could look at the supreme court through one lens and say okay this is an incredibly diverse uh, you know group of group of justices we, we got you know an African American man we've got a Latina you know for the first time we've got multiple women uh, but again I mean they all came out of the same fucking vat none of them right. have spoken to, to somebody who went to a state school in God knows how long you know and the whole system is set up to make sure they never talk to somebody who went to a state school the lawyers who appear before that court are all Harvard and Yale types the people that work for them and write their decisions are all Harvard and Yale types, uh, and they themselves uh, all went to Harvard. I
1: mean, Kavanaugh is really, like, the classic example. Like, I mean, he, it seems like he was dreamed up in a think tank.
2: Like, his entire entire background.
1: I mean, he's, like, literally a pod person. It's really wild to me. I mean, he's, like, a fake person.
3: Right, but and if you and if you look at his, you know, confirmation hearings and you see the story that he tries to tell about himself, he starts it like like, a, like it's a scrappy guy who clawed his way up. Listen, I went to Yale College, got, got graduated, you know, near the top of my class, and I got into Yale Law School. But like he never mentions the fact that he went to Georgetown Prep,
0: right? Uh, which, is, which is also
3: where Justice Gorsuch went, and there's sexually a reason, assaulting his is- way through yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Georgetown <laughs> right. Prep, right?
0: Yeah, I think f- famously he when Georgetown Prep came up, it became a little problematic for him.
2: That's true. That
3: may, may, maybe maybe there's a good reason why was. yeah he was like avoiding that pass. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I mean it's it's that's what drives me so crazy is because people pre- pretend like it's this like even like all of these people's opinions, all of their ideas, even if they have technically you know different sides of or at least different sections of the political spectrum. They're all from the same exact place. And so like it's well, and they and, look out it, for each other. Yeah. Exactly. Like the, like you'll see her RBG being like, "Oh, yeah, these are like I love these people. These are my <laughs> no. friends." But meanwhile, Great. these people are making incredibly terrible decisions for people that that they're totally unaccountable for. That's what drives me fucking crazy. The the fact that this is it is so much like a monarchy in that it's this rarefied circle of incredibly frail inbreds and perverts, <laughs> yes, <called> inbreds slash perverts, <laughs> who never interact with anybody who's not basically in their immediate like uh, social milieu, mm. who are all of them at the fucking top of the heap, uh, and they have this air of mysticism. They fucking wear robes, for Christ's sake. Yeah, they're you know? wizard robes, yep. Yeah. And their fucking word is law, which is yeah. what's so crazy. It's like nine people who are basically unaccountable who can, who have the, the the whole fact that it's for life too is is a very insane thing. By the way, uh, if any presidential hopefuls are listening to this, I am only thirty, and I am reading that <laughs> Alan Carr's Easy Way to Stop Smoking book right now. So my life expectancy is <laughs> looking better than it has possibly made more than a couple months ago, and I did switch to Jewel mostly, so. Yeah, I will do it, but like, it's incredible. Like it's, it's these, it's these motherfuckers. Like they have, there's nothing I can do about it either, which is what drives me crazy. Cause I always think that there's something I can do about things, but
1: there's, I don't know what. And that's the thing like, too. Is like, you know, it's like our politicians or leaders, whatever are, you, you know, they're so, they're so incredibly cucked because it's like, they still haven't figured out again that the Supreme court has no enforcement mechanism. So it's like, you don't like no. what they say. Like, bitch, challenge it. What are they going to do? What, is the old lady yeah. going to come out and beat you? No. Like, <laughs>
2: right.
1: the, you know, it takes a while for, you know, I guess, for political leaders to find the balls. But, like, the the courts don't have an enforcement mechanism. You know what I mean? And that well, was it, what was so fascinating to me about, I can't remember which state it was. Fuck. Now I feel bad bringing it up. But I can't remember which state it was, but it was like, the state supreme court ruled that the state couldn't lock down it's like one of the really cons- a really conservative court or not the state supreme court but i can't remember what it was but they the they cha- the governor challenged it the governor wanted to shut down the state and they said no no you can't it's unconstitutional which is just so incredible um right. and it's like dude shut it down like what are they you gonna just do, fucking do just fucking do it you know what i mean I really yeah, fucking I mean, hate it's the course, I'm
2: sorry.
3: It's it's <laughs> interesting because you We do too. You do, you do see a recognition of this in the other way. Uh, I know that's like the thing that
1: scares me Is it's like the people I who was, are going to figure it out are not a friend to any of us.
3: You know what I mean? Well, I mean I, I, I was I was talking to talk about this before uh, we were talking on the phone before we got on with you and one of the things that hap- that you can find in some Supreme Court decisions uh, will be a recognition that the Supreme Court, I, th- I think, there's this language that, like the Supreme Court holds neither the purse nor the uh, nor the sword. You know, the Supreme Court does not have. We're not in charge of the money, and we're not in charge of the uh, of, of the military enforcement, and so we just have like our pronouncements about the law. And what that ends up where that ends up, you know, having effect is in the court's reticence to pass on essentially like the most important stuff that we want them to pass on Mm. like when they come to like certain national security issues that come before them there's literally nobody else to talk about nobody else is going to sit in judgment over the executive doing this stuff there's nothing else even if you're right that there's no enforcement mechanism there there isn't anybody else to take a look at this stuff and what they say they always find a way to avoid oh the planet doesn't have standing uh, look, we're not going to get into that. We're not going to. We're not going to judge. You know, who are we, the judges of the highest court, to judge what uh, <laughs> the executive might rule is a uh, you know or a completely unreasonable danger, right? Yeah, the same thing happens with cops, where they they're very reticent to go into the judgment of the cops. He said, "Listen, I'm just an old person, you know, and I I don't, I don't I'm just an old academic. I don't know anything about what." what a police's reasonable judgment of what's a, you know what's scary maybe Who that I 11 I year say? old kid running away from him had a very it's scary back of it it's to such shoot bullshit. into what do they know about being a worker how come they get to right. talk about workers yeah. then that's right. exactly that's it. exactly right that they, got, they they're, they're, they're very reticent right there, yeah <laughs> that's right they're very reticent to talk about these sort of state authority issues and they and they back off and they say listen we don't have that we don't have the purse strings, we don't have the sword, we're, we're, we're very reticent to judge all these kind of things. But once it comes to, like, talking about, you know, union workers, once it comes to talking about, like, what a black kid should think when uh, the police pull up and whether it's reasonable for him to run or not, they, they get real. They get all they, kinds get, of get, They start opinions. pontificating all kinds of opinions. Listen, right. that, that's totally unreasonable. Or about actually.
1: women's health issues. <laughs>
3: Absolutely.
1: I mean, yeah. also, yeah, you know... perfectly suited. Yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, we, you know... <laughs> There's no one else to talk to about, like, the fact that we basically don't have habeas corpus laws anymore, you know? Like, they're, they're the only people who could change anything about that. Or, you know, yeah, you mentioned national security, but also surveillance issues and all of that. It's the only, it's the only check, and, and they won't touch any of it
3: right when the surveillance case came before him they just found a hundred different ways to say that listen this guy doesn't have standing he doesn't know he doesn't know that that happened there's a hundred different things that happen between the thing he can prove and the thing he's claiming and so we're never going to let him get a chance to prove it yeah so they so they punted they punted they didn't want to talk about it at all but who else are we going to get to look at it
1: yeah are you talking
0: about are you talking about the fbi one
3: uh, I'm talking about the, I can't remember the section number, but it's the, it's the bulk collection.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, we had talked about the, uh, the Tanvir versus Tanzin case, um, which could, you know, hopefully affect Tarek. Um,
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, can you go over that case?
0: In some kind finally, of negative way. I can way. Finally,
2: stop ta- stop, finally stop spying on my mosque and family, uh, if this <laughs> case... <laughs> Uh, yeah, Tanvir is a great case, and it's a great case to kind of segue into like, the way that this has broken at least a sort of media culture uh, mm. brain around this stuff, which is uh, – nobody can take a look at the Tanvir case, which fundamentally is the FBI going up to Muslims and saying, okay, uh, if you don't serve as our snitch in your mosque – and tell us what all your you know, imams and, and, and friends are up to. We're going to add you to the no-fly list, and you're never going to leave the country again. And there's nothing you can do about this because the no-fly list is a secretive device, and, mm-hmm. and uh, there's, there's really no, there's no way. So, 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 you know, these are individuals who have been forced into sort of you know, snitch roles for the FBI under fear of sort of never seeing their you know, nana back home in the old country. Right. Well,
3: not and, and even more than that, Tanvir I think was a trucker. So he lost his job because some of them are one-way drives. And so yeah, he he, couldn't he, fly can't, home. he can't catch a plane back. Mm.
2: Right. Um that is currently pending before SCOTUS, but the the argument is on hold. But I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. The liberal media commentariat on this <laughs> is going to be obsessed with the fact that These are one of these situations where, you know, good facts are going to make bad law and you're going to rule in favor of these Muslims and their religious freedom to be Muslims. And you're going to give a backdoor victory to the religious right. Uh, And we can't have that, you know, Uh, like we're not going to process this in the way that we would expect the court to process it, which is somebody has an issue the government you know doing things that are unfair to them and they go to the court and they get their day in court and maybe they win you know we have to process this through you know other ways of understanding well this is actually going to be a you know uh, somehow a sop to the religious right and recognize uh religious freedom in a way that's unhelpful to us in the culture war
0: that's yeah it's incredible like well what what's what like I was reading an article about it earlier, so they're saying that, like, if these guys get, if the the court rules in these guys' favor says that they can practice their religion, then that means uh, guys like Billy Graham can also practice their religion, which also means, which is a sexist one, meaning that it essentially legalizes sexism. But I feel like if you take that look about every case, you start going insane, and I think that's, like, part of why this is so fucked up is Because every case has these just insane implications no. that like open all sorts of back doors and danger fucking areas for everybody. It's well, just it, like it, it becomes so much, it's not about these five guys, it's just about everybody else.
2: Well, and it's really about you know, our, can we count this as a win or a loss for our team in the culture war? Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, we can, yeah. <laughs> And oh my God, you know, like, and this is the sort of broken brain way we we interact with these uh, with these cases and with this 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 method of policy making. Oh, you know, we won the abortion case. You know, we won the you know we won the the gay rights case uh, this year. Uh, now, never mind that we'll be doing it again in three years or whatever. But um, nobody's really stepping back and saying, "Is this a healthy way to run a country?" You know, or even you know sorry to, sorry to take the criminal Supreme Court side on this is this a healthy way to run a Supreme Court? you know yeah. why don't we just let them decide real cases uh, and come out the way those cases should and deal with the cultural implications of it through other means uh, uh, but everything ultimately we have to we have to you know worry about are we winning or losing the culture war if, 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 if this guy wins or not Libs hey. will
3: vent this guy out of a fucking airlock over the ocean if it'll give him one step in the in the favor of the culture war. Which right. is
1: so disgusting. I mean you brace earlier you compared it to kind of like a uh, monarchy, and I think that like the the way the commentariat around SCOTUS functions is so much like that. Cause it's all this like, you know, uh court intrigue, and I mean court as in like, mm-hmm. you know, Royal court. court, Yeah, Yeah, royal court. That like, you know, it's all about the different personalities and ooh, how how are they going to do it? And ooh, which side is Roberts going to fall on this time? And oh my God, will this actually be more racist than you realize? And like, it's all just fuck. I mean, I know that's a feature of the like take economy and like what the lion news media has like decayed into as a, as a kind of like, you know, spectator sport of just nonsense garbage. But like, you know, all of this, like I kind of like, you know, mentioned before, and I think you guys are getting at all of this and this like ecosystem around it, all it does is strengthen this image and therefore position of the court as this kind of grand political arbiter And just, you know, it just strengthens and and fuels it all even further. It's like a fucking machine that we can't stop.
2: It's, it's, uh, it's Harry Potter for, for, for lawyers, right? I mean, it's, it's a, it's a fun story. You know, what will Roberts do next? And will RBG survive? And, you know, know, will we, will we, you know, will we make it past the next sort of, you know, trial and tribulation uh, and and protect, uh, you know, some measure of abortion rights? It's, 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 even the most principled way of 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 of, of talking about this, in a, as a serious legal commentator, is, well, these guys are just politicians in robes. Exactly. You know, there's no there's no real there's no real anal- analysis. There are no real principles in place. These people are just politicians in robes. But even that, I think, serves to reify and validate uh, this as a way to make policy. This as a way to sort of enact. Uh, rules that have real consequences, not for the Supreme Court judges, because to them, I think, and to the legal commentators and everybody that sort of gets obsessed about the, the big game and the Super Bowl around all this, uh, none of them are really affected by any of this. It's It's a game. It's fun. It's exciting. You know, but... Whether or not you can get an abortion or, or whether or not your boss can say I'm firing you because you're gay, uh, I think those are, those are real things that, that do have implications uh, to people ultimately. But to these guys, it's, it's, just, a, it's, just, a fun, it's just a fun thing to, to talk about uh, and, and kind of a, a fun story to tell uh, over and over again.
3: Now, I, I would probably shy away from saying that I believe that this is all by design, and rather than just sort of a clued uh, evolution of an institution, I don't know. But if you could speculate, if you were in the Bilderberg Group or whatever kind of high up secretive cabal, and you wanted to check in on like what are what are these people, what are the what are this group of professionals who are up to, who say they want to create a more equitable society, what are they doing? Oh, it's funny, I got them, I got them all hooked on this professional wrestling, but. We with judge robes on they're just you know that game of I, got, I bought them a game of whack-a-mole and they're just jerking off with it all day it's it's incredible they're not doing shit
1: I mean, I think this is a good place to end it because right. it's just like, we're kind of like circled back to where we began that all this shit is just one big, it, I highly—I mean, to me, it's like, yeah, I don't think that there's some kind of like, you know, neat little conspiracy here, but it is a highly choreographed and organized little political dance that, that we do. And, um, you know, it, it's all the whole the whole um, ecosystem behind it is 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 really in, intriguing and important to me. I think, like you know the you know the schools that fuel it and the think tanks that fuel it and all of the money and power that's behind all of this shit that no one sees. You know, all you see at the end of the day is is these decisions come out and the, and the news cycles that come for it, whenever it is, every June or whenever they decide these cases. And, um, you know, people just don't understand how much, you know, how much of a system there is behind all this stuff. I think if they did, they wouldn't take this shit as seriously as they do, to be honest.
3: I mean, to circle perfectly back to where we began, if you look at the uh, the LGBTQ cases that came out that we were talking about earlier, mm. uh, the Title mm-hmm. VII cases where you can't fire somebody because they're gay, can't fire somebody because they're trans... What what the, the ultimate effect that that is going to do? All the fanfare around. It. Think about all the fanfare and all the takes and all the celebrating and, and the high fiving and stuff. What that's going to do is just change a few words at an HR department. And mm-hmm. ultimately, what you find if you do people have done like uh, statistical studies of these kinds of claims, uh, employment discrimination claims. These things are always they never make it to court. Yeah almost all of most are settled uh, the rest are lost and then when they're settled they're settled for you know a piddling amount of money and you're like $30,000 $30,000 that's and it you lost your job mm-hmm. and you're like googleable
1: yeah and also you know i have to case. say like it's not you know a lot of poor trans kids don't have resources to to file an em- employment claim like that and to have a yeah. lawyer that can take it to court and to follow through and all that shit i mean the idea that this is going to stop anyone but mega corporations, like you say, from changing some HR policy, from discriminating is, you know, liberal fucking magical thinking.
2: Am I, you no, know?
1: That's no, just not how the real
2: world works. It's 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 congratulations. You've won an important victory. Uh, the lawyers will all go on, you know, talk shows and CNN, and, and you know they're going to have a great time and, and get drunk. But you know, I mean, congratulations to, to, to the people really affected by this. You know, you now have the same exact rights as everybody else in the workplace, which is none. Right. You know. <laughs> you, know <laughs> you have no rights. Congratulations. Right. And when you and, file
3: your lawsuit, you will settle for nothing, or you will get fucked.
0: Yeah, now you are subject to just regular at will employment.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> not, not at will plus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Thanks uh, for coming out. <laughs> uh,
0: have you looked into Ask Me? <laughs> <laughs>
2: actually, I hear the think tanks are hiring. Uh, yeah, Maybe exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, fellas, it has truly been a pleasure. Before we let you go, I do have one question. And actually, Liz, I want you to answer this too. Oh, no. If you could replace the Supreme Court and and interpret this however you want,
3: what would you replace it with? Oh, God. God? Easy, Cuban Revolutionary Court.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would just fill it full of uh, as many freaks and weirdos as possible to the point where it's completely uh, unable to function. (laughs) I'm
1: I'm, I'm not going to answer because I don't want people to call me a tanky. Well, all
0: right. I agree. Troikas do (laughs) something. (laughs) Exactly.
2: I would do. I would
0: honestly replace it with um, either God or, honestly, or Allah. Allah. Well, yeah. I mean, same thing. Same guy. Uh, Yahweh. Uh, Or I would just replace it with just every woman in the United States.
2: The girl reading
0: this. I would just yeah, the girl I would place it with the girl reading this. <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> All right, fellas. Uh that was Tarek and Andy. I and Andy. Kinda doesn't roll off the tongue there. That was Andy and Tarek. There you uh, go. From the A Lab podcast. That that stands for Um You know, I'm just gonna say what it actually stands for. All lawyers are Brace Belden's (laughs) friends Thank you guys so much for joining us
3: Thanks for having Uh, us
0: Unfortunately we will not be releasing this episode Due to the confidential nature of what we talked about Fair enough But I appreciate you guys having this session with us (laughs) Anytime Alright fellas
2: Alrighty Thank you
1: Well, I'm suing everyone now.
0: Yeah. I actually am suing a lot of people right now, but that, <laughs> that, that inspired me. I'll tell you what, Liz, we got to make it to the Supreme Court.
1: You know, I was thinking that while we were talking to them, and I was like, you know who'd be great at this? Who? This guy. Me? And I'm pointing, no, I'm pointing to myself. Oh, yeah. You'd be fantastic. Because I'd they'd be great. Like- First of all, I look great in a dress. Hmm. Agreed. Black, very flattering. Mm-hmm. Wear it all the time. I think you're skinny no matter what the color is. Well, thank you very much. But, uh, so I think I'm perfect. That alone, I think, qualifies me, at least uh, as much as anyone else on this fucking clown court. Dude, Liz, wait, guys, I'm serious about this. What if
0: we get podcasting banned? Like, what, what if we mean? get someone to sue us? Like, I, I do the, I think I did in this episode, the brace noise or whatever, and then someone like does it or something. And then we sue ourselves or like one of us sues another one. And it's like podcasting should be illegal. It's, mm. uh, and we get it banned. That would be fucking sick.
1: But why, why would we want to do that?
0: We wouldn't have to do this anymore.
1: Wait, what? <laughs> I thought you liked doing it.
0: I wanted to be an actor.
1: <laughs> well, you could still pursue that.
0: No, sometimes I feel like the only thing I act is a different emotion than the one I actually feel.
1: Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, by the way, I don't want to be an actor. Yeah, thank God. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, Okay, with that, let's just... Let's finish this up. I don't okay. know. I got nothing to say. Well, say your fucking name, then. Okay, fine. I'm Liz.
0: I'm Brace, and we are joined by producer Young Chomsky.
1: And... That's it. We'll see you next time. Bye
2: bye.